0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. Studied uh chapter three, which was this devastating chapter, that shows what happens when societies fail. What happens when men don't do their job to protect uh the women and when women don't do their job to be helpers to the men. Um, societies just break down. People don't um don't live up to to uh the the commands that God gives uh the people their hearts are not centered and um they're just society just fails you have a godless society that falls apart so um it was bad and so he is he is sort of judging Jerusalem and Judah and even today we can kind of take from that chapter and look out at at the way our society is is living and we see so many parallels and of course the worst parallel is that when societies get this way they do fall apart their 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 institutions the hearts fall uh, away the institutions then start failing to work their religious institutions The government institution starts failing. The the religious institutions start failing. And then, of course, then at the last, you have this sort of this anarchy in society, this this just complete um, lack of any morality, and you just have this chaotic society. So um, verse 4 starts off um, that... Chapter 4 starts off, uh, verse 1, And seven women shall take hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread, wear our own clothes, only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. Really devastating um, situation because the men in society, uh, most of them have fallen by the sword, have mostly been killed um, because... God's protection is not with the society anymore. Men are now forced to do what they're having to do, and that is um, fight to protect their lives. And, of course, they're going to die uh, in battle. Women are now forced to do what they didn't do, and that's have humility. And, of course, they're going to be completely humbled. um, As we see in um, just a little bit before chapter 4, verse... 25 and 26 of chapter 3, the ending of that, your men shall fall by the sword, your mighty men in battle. Um, That's the men um, basically being forced to to fight, to protect, fight for their own lives. And of course, they die. And then 26, and her gates shall lament and mourn empty. She shall sit on the ground. That's the women in the society left over, and they're going to be mourning. There are going to be no men left and just completely devastating, devastated. These women just basically sit on the ground in ultimate humility. And then we kind of continue that thought, chapter 4, verse 1 and 7 Women shall take hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread, wear our own clothes, only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach, take away these awful conditions that were here you know so they have no protection they have no ability to get along and it's going to be that bad now you may have a lot of women in society today said i'll never do that i'll never lean on a man like that i'm you know i'm just as good well it'll be that bad to the point where that pride in in the women's heart will be um Crushed to that point where everyone will be humbled. And so, a really, really gloomy, devastating um, uh, vision here that Isaiah is saying that this is what's going to happen, um, especially when you've got foreign. Um, Why are the women so scared? Why are they so devastated? Well, the the country's going to be taken over by foreign powers. They're going to be completely at the mercy of whatever these foreign powers are going to do. They're going to be abused um, in every way, potentially. So that's why these women are completely humiliated. They're completely humbled and brought down. Um, So then you've got this... um, This sort of look ahead um, to some to hope, Uh, verse two. In that day, now this reference to in that day is looking beyond that time of suffering for the nation. In that day is referring to the day of the Lord. It'll say in that day the branch of the Lord. This is a reference to Jesus Christ, the branch of the Lord, shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and the honor of the survivors of Israel. And he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who has been recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of of the daughters of Zion and cleanse the bloodstains of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning. Then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over her assemblies, a cloud by day and smoke and shining of a flaming fire by night for over all the glory there will be a canopy there will be a booth for shade by day and from the heat and for a refuge and a shelter from the storm and the rain so this is looking past this um remorseful society because judgment will be coming and um the you know the um the Lord will be using foreign powers to come in and crush um, Judah and Jerusalem. The protection of the Lord will not be there anymore because they have chosen to defy um, God, God's principles and God's commands. And they um, rejected Him and they chose to live sinful lives their sin was out in the open, they reveled in their sin, they they were just completely um, um, judged um, evil uh, in God's eyes, and so God can't be around the evil, so he, he says, you know, if they don't want uh, my presence, I, you know, I'll withdraw my presence from them, and if of course, then woe to them, because the foreign powers now are going to come in and just devastate the people. so looking past that, there will be people who do survive who do who are sort of acknowledged as this remnant, who are left over, there will be people who, through this devastating time, will still believe will still keep God's commands. And that remnant those survivors will remain so in other words the Assyrians have to come in and conquer the Babylonians have to come in and conquer and these people eventually are going to get taken away in captivity the nation of Israel is just going to be devastated and then you've got these foreign conquerors and then uh, eventually God's going to touch the heart again of King Cyrus, of the king of Babylon, who's gonna, whose heart's gonna change, and and then he's gonna allow these enslaved people in Babylon to return back to the land, just like they they were brought out of captivity um, in Egypt and came to the land. Um, they're gonna come out of captivity again from Babylon, and they're gonna come back to the land and resettle the land again. So. That's sort of the survivors, the remnants um, of Israel. Of course, the woes continue. The Romans will come in, and they'll be enslaved again. But uh, the remnants who survive all of this, when Jesus, you know, Jesus comes and um, brings his gospel message, and uh, those who have a chance to be saved, eventually, when Jesus returns, he's talking about. In the day of the Lord, not when he he comes the first time, but when he comes the second time, and that branch that branch that started off as a small branch, like when Jesus first comes in his humility, when when he comes back in his glory, that branch is now going to be sprouting, it's going to be beautiful and glorious, and people are going to he's going to come back in glory and power. He first came in humility. But when he comes back in his glory and power and judgment, um, that's going to be in the day, in that day. The branch shall be beautiful and glorious. Okay, and then there's going to be this protection for the people. So this is a forward-looking chapter. This little chapter four is going to start off with really, you know, doom and gloom and you know you could uh, even argue that the first verse of chapter four really belongs back in chapter three but um, uh, because it, it just completes the thought of the ultimate humiliation of the people there. So chapter four this little chapter four talks about the the uh, in the day of the Lord and it's talking about um, the branch of the Lord uh, coming back. To, to ultimately judge and then ultimately give his protection and reestablish his kingdom for his people. So now we come to chapter 5, and it's talking about the vineyard of the Lord being destroyed. And supposedly, according to McGee, this is supposed to be a beautiful, beautiful song, so beautiful. It just really, it can't be um Adequately translated into English for us to appreciate it, but it's talking about a vineyard. Now, the vineyard is supposed to be Israel. So, this is sort of a metaphorical song uh, or poetry that talks about this nation of Israel uh, and more or less kind of explains it. Um, And then later in this chapter, we're going to get six woes to the wicked So verse one, we'll jump right in. Let me sing for my beloved, my love song concerning his vineyard. So this again is Isaiah um, giving this prophecy. And this um, beloved he's talking about, um, he's talking about God is his beloved. A lot of times Isaiah um, refers to God as the Holy One. Uh, and his beloved interchangeably. So he's sort of giving this song about uh, uh, the father, God. Um, my beloved had a vineyard, okay? And of course, the vineyard is supposed to be Israel and Judah. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. In other words, the land of Israel was very fertile. He dug it and cleared it of stones. He planted it with the choice vines, he built a watchtower in the midst of it. You know, the watchtower was to, you know, protect it. You know, to keep people coming in a, from coming in and stealing and harming these grapes. He hewed out a wine vat in it so that the people could uh, take the grapes and produce wine. But it yielded... Let's see. But he... And he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yield wild grapes. In other words, these wild grapes are sour grapes. They didn't have sweet-tasting uh, flavor to it. Okay? And now, you know, in silver, of course, this is an analogy to Israel. It had a fertile country. He planted these vines in it. Okay? He protected it. And he... Built things for it to be abundant, to make wine and, and all kinds of um, wonderful things from these grapes, from the fruit of these grapes. But, uh, but because of sin, um, the grapes didn't produce um, the sweet grape. They produced sour, bitter grapes. So this is what sin did to the land. And of course, this metaphor, not only is this song of praise, but it's also, you know, this metaphor that everybody can understand. <clears throat> you didn't have to be a, a scholar to understand, you know, what Isaiah is saying here. Verse 3, And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. I'll let you guys understand. I'll let you guys try to understand or be the judge. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? In other words, you try to tell me. I've done everything I knew how to do. When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? What else would you have me do if you were to run in this field, folks? You know, he's kind of asking rhetorical questions here. Verse 5, And now I will tell you, what i will do with my vineyard in other words i got to do something i will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured in other words what a waste of land here i can't i can't keep running this field producing bitter bitter grapes. it's a waste So I'm going to have to get rid of these grapes. I'm going to have to start all over again. I'll remove the hedge. It shall be devoured. I will break down its walls. In other words, the hedge and the wall are referencing God's protection here. It shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It will not be pruned or hoed. In other words, I'm not going to tend it. I'm not going to to influence it. And briars and thorns shall grow up. So in other words, foreign nations are going to come in and just devastate this field. They're going to come in and invade the nation of Israel and devastate the nation of Israel. And I will also command the clouds that they not rain upon it. Okay, I'm not going to spend any more time and energy on this field. And it's not even going to rain. And because of that, look how look how desolate this land is today now i mean there's there's still rains there and there's still patches of um there's still patches of um you know fertile areas and there're there're gardens and beautiful areas in this in this area but look how dry the middle east is for the vineyard of the lord of hosts is the house of israel. Okay? So again, he's explaining this sort of little song parable. The vineyard of course is the is is um is Israel. And the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. In other words, the the grapes that he planted are the people. And he looked for justice. But behold, sin came in But behold, bloodshed for righteousness. In other words, instead of living in righteousness, the people um, committed sins of of all kinds of evil, and you have bloodshed. Instead of righteousness, it's just death. But behold, an outcry. Okay? Persecution. The people are going to be crying out because they're going to be suffering. So this is sort of what is happening told a different way. And so verse eight, woe to those, so here come the woes. God is judging this um his vineyard. God is judging um the planting, what what is happening here. So verse eight, woe to those who join house to house who add field to field until there's no more room. And you are made to dwell alone in the midst of the land. So in other words, God's saying, look, the first judgment is against these greedy people who drive the people off the land. Of course, the land, he says, is my land. You know, you don't own this land. And the land is the vineyard. And I gave people, I planted people in the vineyard. So the gift of this land was God's gift to the people. But woe to those who come in and try to, you know, divide up this land for their own greed and drive people off of it, the poor, so that these greedy landowners could try to expand their own wealth to produce more crops. Okay? Okay. The Lord of hosts has sworn in my hearing, surely many houses shall be desolate, large and beautiful houses without inhabitant. For ten acres of vineyard shall yield but one bath, and a homer of seed shall yield but an epith. And an epith is one-tenth of a homer. Now these are units of measurement. And um, a ten-acre vineyard yields one bath Um, I'm not sure exactly what a bath is but it looks like it's a smaller amount Um, and that might have been a a container that contained how many grapes you know that the vineyard might yield and a homer of seed that's another dry unit of measure um, a dry unit of measure would only yield a tenth of that in terms of what it would produce. So God is saying, you greedy people, you people who, who buy up land or who just try to drive people off their land so you can expand your land holdings for your own wealth, and you're, you're, you're treating the poor this way, you're treating my land this way, You know, it all started, this was my vineyard, this was my land. And woe to you, I'm going to make your land infertile. And it's going to be really hard to produce. And so that's the first woe to this uh, group here. So at this point, we'll stop. This is where McGee kind of stops. And um, very interesting um, insights into... God's nature, God's um, feelings about His people and about the nation of Israel <clears throat> and insights into what it's like when your heart is not centered on, on God um, or Christ. When we're not centered on the Lord, um, we get off and we can get off bad and societies can fail. And societies are failing all over the place today, not, not so much because of politics, that there's bad politics, and not so much that, um, you know, um, economies aren't um, doing the right things. I mean, you can say all these things can exist, but societies are failing today because pe- people's hearts are not right with the Lord, and they're not Christ-centered hearts they're not following God's ways. They're trying to, they're inventing all kinds of evil. And so when, when that happens, <coughs> societies will fail. So I hope this is helpful and encouraging to you as we walk through this great book of Isaiah and look forward to walking with you next time. So for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. And we will be turning the podcast over to Matali. Just as a special note, uh, Matali has been visiting with us for the last month or so uh, here in the United States. And tomorrow, Matali will be traveling back to Zambia. So please keep her in your prayers as she makes the, the voyage back to Africa and to Zambia. And uh, we'll just be praying for her as well. So for me to all of you, God bless you, and I'll see
1: you next time. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from the book of Isaiah, chapter 4, verses 1 to verse 6, and chapter 5, verses 1 to verse 11. So this particular teaching is a continuation from chapter 2, which looked at the great tribulation that chapter 2 of Isaiah was talking about, um, it looked beyond the time of the church. It spoke of the 12 tribes of Israel and the last days, um, you know. The prophet Isaiah was prophesying, you know, uh, what would happen during the time of tribulation. So, um, so today in today's study, um, it looks at um a condition of time um of the Babylonian captivity. You know, when the Israelites turned from God and worshipped idols and all, and God uh, removed His protection, and they were attacked from different fronts by the Assyrians, by Syrians, by the Babylonians, and they were taken into captivity. So, um, first one looks at the condition that is pre- that prevailed then you know because due to war um a lot of men were actually killed in battle and the men's population was dismantled by ba- um in, in by the war and um, um they had a situation where they, they had more women in society than men and um more women were um you find um more women were associated or were linked to one particular man than um than one man to one woman. So verse 1 reads um, of chapter 4, And in that day seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. So, you know, back then, this is what Isaiah actually prophesied, you know, because of war, a lot of men went to war and a lot of women um, were left fighting for one particular man. So you have seven to one. So and if we look at the conditions today, um, you know, the end of one war is the beginning of another war, and a lot of men go to war today. Um, let's look at uh, the war in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in in you know in all these countries, in Syria, in um, in in, in um in Sudan, and uh, in Libya. You know, we have so many casualties, and a lot of these casualties are men. So you find a situation in a country where you find there's actually a bigger population of women compared to men and um, this is an awful condition but it's prevailing today um verse two reads um and it talks of the coming of the lord and um you know um before the lord comes um um before, um, as we always phrase it, the world is, is is coming to an end. These are the last days. The last days, um, are the beginning of the tribulation, the great tribulation, and the coming of the Lord. So, verse two reads, "Um, in that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and appealing for those of Israel and who have, for those of Israel who have escaped." So, this um is the day the Lord um actually comes. The branch is talking about you know the branch, the Lord. Um, and it begins with the day of the great tribulation. Um, then we know the Lord's coming is actually near. So um, the Lord Jesus is the branch that is talked about in this particular scripture. So, um, and if we go into verse 3, it reads, And it shall come to pass that he who left, that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem. So, um, you know, God's people will survive the Great Tribulation. So both whether you're Jew, Gentile, um, Greek, um, if you are God's chosen people, if you are God's if you are faithful to God rather, um, you will um we will survive the great tribulation. You and I will survive the great tribulation if we follow God's commandments and remain faithful and uh, remain loyal and faithful and worship God the way um, we are to worship Him according to Scripture. Then we'll survive the great tribulation. Repping down to verse four, it reads: When the Lord has washed away the filth and the the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem with her meds from her meds by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. So here, um, you know, we ought to ask ourselves, you know, are we fit for heaven? Because um, the Lord is going to purge and he's going to wash away all our sins, our filth, our grime. So like, where do you stand today? Um, do you and I feel fit? Like we are fit to go to heaven. How are we acquiring knowledge um, and, 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 and keeping that knowledge and how are we doing the Lord's work today? So, we will be purged and cleaned from, you know, all the filth and, and, and grime and, you know, the sins of the world. We will be cleansed if we remain faithful to the Lord. Yes, we're sinners and we're not perfect, but as long as we always turn to the Lord because the Lord is the answer to all the problems of the world and all the questions that we may have. Um, our purpose in life is to glorify God. And are we glorifying God? Are we living a godly and Christian life today? And, you know, which 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 bids this question? Are uh, we fit for heaven? If the Lord had to come today, is he going to be ashamed of you? You know, um, as, as as we've heard in the previous scriptures in Ephesians in and in Colossians, um, when Dr. David McGee preached, will the Lord, when, you know, at his coming, is he going to be ashamed of you? Um. So moving on, verse 5. Then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion and above her assemblies a cloud of smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a covering. So, um, you know, God's glory is going to be upon each and every household um, when he comes to in his second coming. Um, so the glory of the Lord is going to be upon each and every faithful household. And um, he's going to protect us, um, um, and 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 um, yeah, he's going to protect us, and he's going to cover us, um, you know, um, because he is our rock, and he is our um, firm foundation. He's our. He is um. He's our lighthouse. He's our tower. Um, verse six goes on to read, um, and there will be a tabernacle for shade. In the daytime, from the heat, for a place of refuge and for a shelter from the storm and rain, so um they will be security, you know, when the Lord comes to reign here on earth, you know there'll be a a cloud, um um there'll be a cloud of smoke by day and shining, of a flame, flaming fire by night. And, um, you know, we're going to be protected. We're going to have, um, you know, the light of the Lord. It's going to shine upon all of us, upon each and every glorious household because God has got so much glory for all of us and, um, there will be peace. Peace is going to follow. Um, um and peace always follows grace and mercy. The Lord has grace and mercy. So the Lord will provide security and, um, it will come to nations. We will know no wars. Um, and we will just, we'll know no oppression. Uh, The peace of the Lord will come and reign upon all of us, which will be glorious. So, um, chapter 5. This is the song of the vineyard. The vineyard being um, the Lord, Jesus Christ. So, um, the song of the vineyard is from verse 1 to 7. And um, there are six woes from verse 8 to verse 30. So, um, here if we look at... um, Chapter 1, the vineyard. The vineyard, sorry, is Israel, not the Lord. The vineyard is Israel. And um, um, this reads, Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song to my beloved regarding his vineyard. So the vineyard being Israel, the promised land, the, the chosen country. My well-beloved has a vineyard um, on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with um choicest vines he built a tower in it in its midst and also made a wine press in it so he is expected to bring so he's expected it to bring forth grapes but it brought forth wild grapes so here um you know god asked these people to actually judge you know by their conduct and by their faith and um you know, as Christians, um, and 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 these people, when God sent them into captivity, they complained that God wasn't being fair. But you know, people tend to forget. You and I, if we if we apply this today, you and I tend to forget. You know, the grace and the glory of God. God is merciful. He's graceful. He's a, He's a fair God, and and usually we always tend to forget to thank God for His grace. Um and his mercy, just even you know waking up alive and you know like the the when we breathe out we're able to breathe in back air like it's not a guarantee but God actually gives us all these things God gives us rain sunshine God gives us good weather God gives us you know God has so much grace for for us but you know when things are hard we complain that God is unfair and um, you know today if we look at life today. Um, God um, is not wrong in any way or unjust. Um, There's a reason why God does something. It's because, um, you know, if, say, something tragic happens in your life, maybe, not even maybe, it's because God wants you to focus on Him. God wants you to go back to Him and focus on Him alone because you because we always are distracted by so many other things in life, we're distracted by, um, you know, where we want to be, our careers, our ambitions, and things like that. But, and, and we always tend to forget who actually put us there and why we're actually there. And we always tend to forget, you know, about God, but God just wants us to focus on Him. So, um, these people were asked to actually judge, um, and you know they complained because, um, you know, God gave them this beautiful um, country, this beautiful land that was was a land of milk and honey, you know, fertile soil and, you know, good conditions and all. And they turned away from God. And, you know, God called the nations to his courtroom and to actually lay the charge. And he laid the charge, these people. And God gave them, um, you know, Five hundred years of protection, and they still turned to idols and worshipped idols. God was mad, and God sent, um, you know, um, famine and 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 you know all these things. But they still didn't turn to God, and their vineyards, um, they brought forth instead of bringing forth good grapes, they brought forth wild grapes. So, chapter three goes on to read, and now all inhabitants of Jerusalem, and men of Judah judge please between me and my vine- and my vineyards so god is asking them to judge between him and his vineyards vineyards and israel um verse 4 and 5 read what more could have been done to my vineyard that's to his chosen land which was defiled by these people who were living in it that i have not done in it then why then when i expected it to bring forth good grapes Did it bring forth wild grapes? And now please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and and it shall be burned. And break down its walls and it shall be trampled down. So this is exactly what happened to the Israelites. God took away the fences. He took away the protection and all because he had protected them for over for 500 years, and he took all that away, and God judged them, and the people complained without thinking, you know, all those years of, of, of protection and all those years of prosperity that God gave them, he gave them chance after chance, but he wanted them to realize um, that you cannot turn away from your creator. He created them, and all he expected from them, they were the chosen people in the chosen land he expected from them was for them to be faithful to him, but they were not faithful to him. So, um in verse six, um scripture goes on to read, I will lay it waste, I shall not it shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up uh briars and thorns. And I will also command the clouds that the rain that they rain no rain on it. So, you know, the land there was um a drought for a thousand years. You know, the the land became arid and dry and, you know, nothing could grow on it, you know, once a promised land and this is the wrath of the Lord, this is how angry the Lord was. Um at um at, you know the vineyards that were supposed to produce good grapes but ended up producing wild grapes. You know because there was so much faithlessness, idolatry and, and all these things. So the vineyard is Israel. If we read verse 7 which says, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant." So God put the seed in the vineyard which is Israel. He looked for justice but behold oppression for righteousness but behold a cry for help. So there was so much oppression you know to to the widows to the to to the orphans. Um there was so much um you know faithlessness that was going on um in his vineyard. So you know the first sin now um, is listed in verse 8. The first sin of Israel. And here it reads, Rule to those who join house to house. They add fields to field till there is no place um, where they may dwell alone in the midst of the land. So the first sin of Israel was lost. covetousness chestness. So, um, you know, where people are squeezed thin, like the juice is trying to squeeze juice out of a rock, you know, from the poor. People are overtaxed, you know, pe- because, because of greed. You know, the, 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 the rulers back then were oppressing um, the little people, you know, because of greed. Greed for property, greed for everything. So, um, this scripture talks about, Woo to those who join house to house, who add field to field. This is just greed, greed, man's greed. So, um... Verse 9 goes on to read, In my hearing, the Lord of hosts said, Truly many houses shall be desolate, great and beautiful ones without inhabitants. So, you know, people, if you apply this today, people always look at trying to amass all this wealth while here on earth. But at the end of the day, you know, all the houses and all the riches that you amass, you will die and you will leave them. You know, those houses will become inha- you know, uninhabited. And you do all this for what? You know, because you you, you 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 put um you know, the amassing of wealth and riches, um, at the expense of actually knowing God and, 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 and worshiping God. And um, you know, even if um they expand their land and their yield and um you know, their yield will not become big, you know, you um, you know, here Isaiah is talking about like, um all these people amassed like massive land pieces of land and, and, and everything, but there was um a drought that um um in if we go back to verse six, um I will lay it waste. Um that was the prophecy by Isaiah, I will lay it waste, it shall not be pruned or dug up, but they shall uh, come up briars and I will also command the clouds that the rain um that they rain no rain on it. So no matter how big land that People amassed because out of greed and lust um the yield was still the same um so there was famine and um you know the land was um was a decimated land, so um you know in today's application, if we look at it, it's kind of scary, you know, if we look at all these global changes and you know um you know, uh, the depletion of the earth's energy, you know, the oil um, that is is, is is dug up from the ground, the pollution, you know, ecology-wise, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming, you know, a lot of places are becoming desolate and deserts and arid land um, because of man's greed to amass more wealth, to be more powerful, and hence they get start discovering more things, start cutting down trees, you know, all these things. Eventually, you know, the earth is becoming um a desolate place. And um. scripture goes on to read verse 10 and 11. For 10 acres of vineyards shall yield one bath, and a homer of seed shall yield one um, ephah. So, you know, no matter how huge the greedy people, how huge the land the greedy people amass, and no matter how much corn or, or 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 um or food that they plant in these fields um they shall not yield according to the biggest vineyards because their lands are desolate there's no rain because the lord has commanded it not to rain so um the second rule that was in verse 11 um, the second sin of the Israelites this is uh, woo to those who rise early in the morning that may follow intoxicating drink, who continue until night till wine inflames them. Um, you know, the harp and the strings, and the tambourine and flute and the wine are in their feasts, but they are not, they do not regard the work of the Lord nor consider the operation of his hands. So, here it's talking about drunkenness, you know, and pleasure. This is the second sin. Um, And it's on a large scale. And, um, you know, drunkenness and pleasure leads to so many other, um, you know, sad developments and sins. Um, And it leads to, you know, a degradation um, of all um, spiritual perception. You know, the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in a place, in a home that is not... Proper. That doesn't know the Lord, you know. Um, instead of having regard for the Lord, um, all the days of of, of 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 someone's life is 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 just, um, you know, to drink, to get drunk, and to seek pleasure in worldly pleasure, and this is what this um, um, verse is talking about. So um, these are the two sins that have been mentioned so far in these six sins listed. And um, yeah, this is where our study ended for today. So yeah, this is today's teaching and um, it's, it's basically an application of, uh, you can apply most of the things that are talked about in, um, in today's um, society that we're living in today. Um, you know, the conditions of the time of the captivity in Babylonian, like what it was like in Israel. Because the Lord was 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 not happy. He was not happy with um the Israelites. He was not happy with um his vineyard with Israel, and um and um he he had called the nations to 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 come and hear the charge, and he had laid out the charge. And um, you know you find the conditions that were actually prophesied then, what are actually conditions that are prevailing now. You know, um the prophecy occurred then in, 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 in the time when Isaiah prophesied it and it's actually occurring today. So you know we have to wake up today. Um it's never too late to to, to turn our lives around and, 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 and seek God first, seek the kingdom of God. Yeah, so this is day stage teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.